Hello, and welcome to the Faith Church Podcast Channel. We exist to reach people and connect them to God and others. If you would like more information about Faith Church or would like to schedule a visit sometime, please visit our website at www.igotofaith.com. We can only do what we do because of the generosity of our Faith Church family. If you would like to contribute to our ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at www.igotofaith.com and hit the giving tab. Or you can text the amount of your contribution to 84321. Both of these options will send you to a safe and secure server. Your giving is much appreciated. All right, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Excited. That's all the Auburn fans. Ooh, hey, we're here, right? No. Hey, listen, man, so excited that you're here. If you're visiting with us, thanks so much for hanging out. All our Faith Church family, excited to be back together. Our worship team decided after Thanksgiving it was just going to be like a fire hydrant of grace and mercy this morning. How many of you are thankful for our worship team? Come on. Incredible, incredible time of worship. I leaned over to somebody and said, if a man can't preach after that, he don't belong in the pulpit. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, man, we're so excited just to be here, excited you're here. just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. If you're here, it means you survived the Black Friday chaos, extravaganza, whatever. Uh, some of you are like, we just do the cyber thing these days, so you are much wiser than most. But uh, anyways, just got back from the mountains. Any mountain fans out there? Anybody like the mountains? Come on. So we just got, got to go there for the first time uh, this year with, with my family at a Thanksgiving time. So it's just been good, good to get back, excited to be able to bring the word this morning. Uh, man, it's always an honor to stand uh, in the same place with some of the greats that are here and, uh, and, and bring the word that God's put on my heart. I'll let you know this. If I've never met you, uh, my name is Ryan Mauser, and I'm the student pastor. And uh, yes, I'm an Alabama fan, and I'm bitter, angry, and frustrated, weary, <laughs> Didn't sleep much. Come on, any other Alabama fans? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you know, uh, I'll just say it, War Eagle. <sighs> Give me a minute. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That tasted bad. No. Uh, but, man, I, I was so frustrated last night and just kind of was, I don't even know, I was staring off into the abyss after watching Auburn, fa- Auburn fans climb through bushes and uh, Alabama fans run into poles because they were drunk. I mean, it just... Like, I was just staring off into the abyss, and I'm like, man, I get to preach tomorrow. Like, okay, it's going to be a good day, you know. And, uh, you know, how many of you know God has a way of, like, speaking to you in the weirdest moments? And, like, my, li- my little son, my seven-year-old son came in and was like, hey, you know, let's play. And I'm like, get away from me. I hate you, you know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and anyways, he, he looked at me, and, uh, and he was like, he's like, Dad, you, you got you to gotta get excited. And I'm like, why? He said, because you got to preach Jesus in the morning. And man, it's like God just said, that's all you got to do, just preach Jesus. And so I say it like this, uh, you know, my team may lose a game, but Jesus never loses. Amen? So I'm excited to be here and, and grateful, man. I believe, believe God's got a word uh, on, on my heart for everybody. But um, it's always a huge honor for me, really just kind of thinking back to like the journey to get me here. Uh, I'm actually getting ready. My wife and I were talking about it, getting ready to celebrate five years of being on staff at Faith Church, and, uh, which is incredible. And we've seen a lot of life change and seen a lot of students that have already been sent out doing ministry, so I'm so thankful for that. Some of you maybe have heard that I've been the youth pastor, and now I'm the student pastor. Uh, I'm doing youth ministry and young adult ministry now, and uh, so excited about it, excited what God's got in the future. 
And so uh, just be praying for me as uh, we just continue to do this thing. You know, it's an exciting time in our church. How many of you know that? Like, it is an exciting time. I'm pumped about what God's doing. Uh, I say this all the time, that I believe I work with some of the most amazing people in the Shoals area. Uh, our lead pastor, Steve Husky and Miss Shauna, they're doing an incredible job. If you're thankful for your pastor, can you just honor him for a minute this morning? They're doing a great job leading our team. I love his vision. Uh, man, I, the rest of our staff, just we have a great time. But truly, we sit around in our staff meetings and like we're like pinch us, like we're dreaming, like we're living the dream, leading you people, being a part of what God's doing. It's truly an honor, and I hope you really understand that. Like I'm so overwhelmed at how good God is. I'm so excited about giving the gift of faith and uh, what God's about to do in Lawrenceburg. If anybody else is excited about that, come on, just say, woo, you know. So you got to know this about me. I like to cut up a little bit. So uh, I, like, I like come ons, amens. That's it, brother. If you point at me, I got ADD. I may point right back at you. Like it is, just don't, don't get freaked out. But uh, we're going to have a great time. And so, man, I've loved this series, No Doubt November, because I believe the one thing that we need less of in our church is doubt. Come on, the, the one thing we need less of is people that are uh, not sure about who God is and not sure about the God that loves them. And so I've loved this series. And each week, uh, Pastor Steve has presented this question. And, it, and the question, you know, is, is one of the, it's so simple because you can like, you can talk through it as you're on your way home. You can remember the question. And so I want to review for just a second of some of the questions that he asked to kind of lead into what I want to share today. But he asked the first week, he said, what would happen? What would happen? Like stretch your faith out there, believe God for some big things. But what would happen if we really believed the promises of God? Like, and I started thinking, I mean, because I think it's important for you to know I'm on staff, but I'm sitting there going, wow, there would be a lot of cool stuff happening, you know, if I really believed the promises of God. And um, as a youth pastor, because I, I, I can and I'm up here, can I share one of my favorite promises in Scripture? Uh, in, uh, in Jeremiah chapter 29, the Bible says, for I know the plans. Everybody, God has a plan for your life. If you're in doubt of that, the word says differently. But he says, uh, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. Somebody needs to hear that. Amen? Like, believe this promise. And he says, to give you a future and a hope, which is good. Here's the promise. In those days when you pray, I will listen. That's great. But he says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. If you, if you come to church looking for me, you're going to find me. If you go to your connect groups looking for me, you're going to find me. If you go into your prayer closet at night and in your car, wherever you're at, if you go wholeheartedly with all you got looking for me, there's a promise. You will find me. What would happen if we believed that? What would happen if we believed that promise, if we believed that God truly does have a plan for us that's good and it's to prosper us and to give us a hope in the future? But week two, man, there was a question that he asked. He said, what would happen if we believed Jesus could help our friends? And man, I just thought, I can tell you exactly what would happen. This room would be packed out every service, not just one service, but all three services would be packed out. We would have overflow room. Come on, everybody, in the, in the lobby where people would be lined up because every one of us would be saying, man, Jesus is the answer for my friend. Jesus is the answer for my neighbor. What would happen if we really believed that Jesus could help our friends? This place would be packed. Our cadet groups would be packed. God would be moving. There would be so many baptisms on Wednesday night. Nobody would be able to preach. Come on, because people would be getting saved. What would happen? if we really believed Jesus could help our friends? I love that question. And then last week, now I have to say this, it was one of, one of my favorites that he's shared so far, but he said, what would happen if we believed 
eternity really existed? What would happen if we truly believed not just the promises and not just that Jesus could help our friends, but that we could make a difference here on this earth? That eternity really mattered. That like you could invest on the earth and, and you could receive it in the bank of heaven. And I just thought, man, that should have been the day that the gift of faith was presented because I was ready to give right there. Anybody else with me? Like I was like, I, I, God did not just save me and change me and make me like him and call me to ministry, but he's invited me on this journey that like as, along the way if I'm obedient and I'm faithful and I'm giving, then I'm going to receive a reward in heaven. I was ready to give right then. I'm telling you, I'm excited about what God's doing in our church and what God's about to do through our church. Anybody else excited this morning? Can't tell. I've had a couple of cups of coffee already. I'm, I'm jacked up. So, so today I want to ask this question. I want to ask this question to kind of close this thing out. They brought the lefty in for the closer. But what would happen if we really believed Jesus was Jesus? What would happen? How would your life be different? How would, how would your, what, what would your faith look like? How would your prayer change? How would your giving change? If you really believe that Jesus really was Jesus. I want to talk about that. That believe that he, not, he didn't just say some things, but like he did some things. What would happen if, if you didn't just believe that, uh, that he was Jesus, but that he could do what he said he could do? And he could, he could move the things in your life that he said he could move. And he could change you the way he said he could change you. How would things look different? And I, I think it's a great question kind of as a reminder for us. You know, we've had reminders in our lives. How many of you got some reminders, some different things that kind of take you back to when, like high school football just ended. And you've ever played high school football. You go on Friday nights and you're like, I remember when I was cool. You know, I mattered. But we've got some reminders. I'm going to show my age a little bit. But how many of you remember the What Would Jesus Do bracelet? Come on, if you ever wore one, raise your hand up in the air and be like, yeah, come on. Like, I wore these. I had about five different colors to match my shirts and my shoes because I'm a, the biggest diva on staff. Make fun of me later, just not right now. But, like, I remember this was a reminder. Like, we wore these things as a reminder. Like, as you're doing this thing and as you kind of my youth pastor handed out was like, listen, as you go about your, your day-to-day activities and things like that, like just ask that question, what would Jesus do? And I'm like, whatever, you know. And so I'm going down the road and I'm listening to some uh, No Limit Soldiers. Y'all know what I'm saying? You know, listening to some bad word, bad lyrics, whatever, trying to figure out this Jesus and world, how it all works. And look up and there sits my What Would Jesus Do bracelet. And I'm like, he probably wouldn't be listening to this, you know. So you throw your disc out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Or like the, the reminder of like when you go into the lunchroom and there's somebody sitting by themselves and like you could tell they're lonely and they need a friend or, or like uh, or you, you see someone getting bullied, you know, and like you kind of have this moment where you're fixing your tray through the lunch line and like I look down and there's that bracelet, that reminder, what would Jesus do? And I think to myself, like Jesus would go be a friend and Jesus would punch the bully in the face. Like, I, I mean, you know, like that was a reminder but when I stopped wearing the bracelets, come on, was when my mom started using it for leverage, you know, and she was like, hey, you and Heather, she's my high school sweetheart, and now she's my wife, she's my good thing. But like, when my mom would be like, hey, y'all going out on a date tonight? Just remember, what would Jesus do? And I'm like, Jesus knows how hot she is. We'll talk about it later, you know. So, so like, that's when I decided I was out. So we, we have these things as reminders, but like, I, I just want to present this today because this is a question, and today I want to ask this question. What if Jesus was? Think about it. What if, you, what if you had a reminder in your life, if you had a reminder on your wrist that says, hey, what if Jesus really was who he said he was and he could do what he said he could do? How would that change your day-to-day life? 
Like, for instance, maybe you're here this morning and, you, you know, everybody else is thankful and everybody else is ready for Christmas. And, but, like, you're struggling to make bills and you're struggling to, to, like, be a mom or a dad. And, like, you're just going through some storms in your life. You know, like, you're just really going through some difficulty. Like, what if Jesus was who he said he was? Because in the Bible, who he said he was was he could walk out on the boat and he could calm the storms in your life. Come on. I'm just telling you, what would happen? If Jesus really was Jesus, how could that affect us? Or, or maybe this morning, what if Jesus really was who he said he was? Maybe you're like me, and there's been so many times, man, I'm at church, and I'm just really trying to go after God and trying to really encounter the presence of the Lord. And when I'm worshiping, the, the enemy is reminding me of the battle I'm in. The enemy's reminding me of the, the person I used to be or the stuff I used to do. Has anybody else ever been there? And like, I'm just trying to get closer to God. I don't need to hear his voice. I just need to get rid of him. But like the enemy comes in. I just want you to know this. If you're struggling with addiction, you're struggling with uh, some temptation in your life, the, the enemy's holding you back from like really going to the next level. Like what if Jesus was? Because the Bible says he was the son of God. And then there's scripture that says who the son sets free is free indeed. So what would happen if we really believe, church? What would happen if we really believe that he was who he said he was and he could do what he said he could do? I want to say this, and I believe it with all my heart. I think one of the things that would happen is we would have a confident believers. We would be a more confident people. We would have faith and confidence, not just in the word, but we'd have faith and confidence in the life we live. Amen? And so today I want to talk about some of that, and I want to talk about how this applies to our lives. But, you know, one of the things that, that I know for sure, and we talked about this with our student ministry uh, last month at our 320, is confidence is attractive. How many of you know that? Like people that are confident, people that walk with confidence, I'm, I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to lean into them a little more than I would someone who's kind of unsure of their self. Someone's going to talk to me about, you know, I need a professor to sit underneath that knows what they're teaching rather than one that's like reading the book as they're teaching it. Like, I think I know what I'm talking about. Like, I illustrate it like this. How many of you get Faith Church coffee every Sunday morning? Like, that's one of my favorite things. I'm just saying, like, I got it right up here. They got like sugar, creamer, and a little bit of cocaine up in here. But... <laughs> But, like, this moment comes where, like, I'm trying a new drink, and uh, it's just a little dab, not much, okay, won't hurt you. But, like, there's this moment where I'm like, I want a new drink. What's good? And, I, like, the ladies aren't, are the ladies are the guys that are serving, and I'm so thankful for them, but, like, they don't go, well, we're not real sure what's good. I don't, I don't really know. Uh, do, you, do you know what's good? Like, they're like, oh, no, this is the drink you need to try, because if you like the hot mama, then you're going to definitely like the hot daddy, and if you like the hot daddy, then you're going to like the caramel macchiato like it's just you know what I mean like it's just confidence I want to drink from somebody I want to eat some food from somebody that's confident in what they're making do you guys understand what I'm saying like from a leader's standpoint we we love confident leaders we we don't we don't really follow people that aren't sure of what God's telling them because like if Pastor Steve got up here last week and was like hey guys listen man like, I, I really want to plant a church, and I just think this is kind of what maybe God's doing, and this is kind of something that, like, God's kind of been, you know, talking to our staff about. Like, I'm unsure about it, but I think we should do it, because we got a lot of people, like, no, nobody's going to jump on board. But when somebody stands up here and says, hey, listen, God's brought us this far to carry us further. I believe with all my heart that this is what God's calling us to do, that I'm, I'm ready to go. Whoever's going to go with me, let's go make a difference. And who's not going to go, you can watch us make a difference. You guys understand that confidence is attractive. It matters. And so one of the things that, that like as we work this thing out called faith is like while we have faith and we have the ability to have a great faith and while we have the ability to walk in things, I want to say this, that when we have confidence, this matters, that confidence on the outside begins by knowing who you are on the inside. You can't go any further until you know not just 
who you are, but like whose you are and where you're going and how you're going to get there. And so confidence matters. But like you, you don't just deal with confidence because in this thing, this thing called faith and in this journey, how many of you know we have someone who opposes us? We got someone who wants to rob us. We got someone who wants to distract us. And I'm just telling you, let God do something good in your life. Let some breakthrough come, and the enemy is going to bring worry, fear, and doubt. Amen? He's going to do whatever he can do. And so while Jesus, even in Scripture, tells us that our faith is great, like Jesus gives us these moments, he says that, uh, that like your faith, the size of a mustard seed, you can look to a mountain and tell it to move. Isn't that awesome? Like he says you can do that, and while our faith is great, our doubt, it can be a lot worse. Because listen to this. Your faith can move mountains, but your doubt can create them. Like your faith, man, you can move some mountains, but I mean the minute you allow doubt in, the minute you're unsure of who your God is, it's important, the minute that you forget what God did for you, the minute that you forgot where God brought you from and where he's taken you, like the minute that 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 runs in, like there can be some mountains. And you know what i found? Those mountains sometimes can even be bigger, can't they? Like so while your faith can move mountains, your doubt can create them. And so today, I want to talk about that. I want to answer this question because it's very important. How many of you know it's important to know who you are? It's important to know what you believe and why you believe it. And so today, I want to answer some questions and answer the big question, what if Jesus was? What would happen if Jesus really was Jesus? What would that mean for us? And what would that look like? So I know we could talk about tons of different things, but today I want to talk about just three things um, and and just kind of go line by line. We're going to jump around in some scripture, but I believe God's going to show us something. Amen. Anybody excited? Come on, I'm excited. Number one, I think this is one, one thing that would for sure we would all be able to take with us is Jesus is the one. How many of you know that? Like Jesus is the one who can save you. He's the one who can change you. He's the one who can rescue you. If you've ever been rescued by Jesus, some of you say amen. He can restore you. He can redeem you. He, listen, he can create you in his image. He can use you. I'm just telling you, I have no idea how God uses me. And I say it all the time. I, I am perfect example of God using people that are full of fault because I'm a crooked little stick and God can still draw a straight line with me. I'm just telling you, God is the one. And I want to illustrate this for you, that he's the one. And it matters in our confidence. All right, it matters for us that he is the one. And this is good news for us because some of you, he might be the one for you today, that you, you need somebody to satisfy your life. You need someone to, to really rescue you from where you're at. Like he's the one. And the rest of us, at some point in time in our life, Jesus has been the one for us. And that's good news. But we understand this concept, right? Because like, I say it like that, the one, we understand that. Because everybody who's ever dated, you've ever dated anybody, you can just give me a little hey, a little wave. Y'all there? You awake? Right? Like you've ever dated somebody. If you ever dated, raise your hand. Like you ever married somebody, okay, you got engaged. So like there's this moment where every guy comes to this place in his life where he decides he wants his life to be over and he gets engaged. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, I'm just kidding, but what he really wants is he, he really just wants to go in debt because he's got to pay for a ring. But the moment comes where he says, she is, she's the one. And you just know it. Like, I remember having a conversation with my dad. And my dad's super smart, works at Browns Ferry. All you Browns Ferry people, I know there's a lot of you. Y'all are way too smart for us. But, but I, I've had this conversation with my dad, and I said, hey, dad, I remember the day. I remember the day that God spoke to my heart. He's like, okay, tell me about it. I was like, I I know she's the one. He's like, that's good, son. Like, I thought it was some profound conversation about to happen. You know, but like, so so maybe not, maybe it's not that, but like maybe for some of you, how many of you, you women, you've ever went house hunting? Anybody, any families ever done that? Okay, so like, I'm not talking about the TV show, that's lame. I'm talking about getting the real adventure where you like look at 70 houses in a course of 30 days. Like, 
I remember when we moved out of the friendship house, uh, my wife and I had the opportunity to buy a house, and um, we looked at every house in Lauderdale County, every house in every school district, like it was exhausting. And, uh, but I remember when we walked in the house we live in, like we walked through the door, my wife looked at me and she's like, this is the one, you know, like, I'm like, thank the Lord, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. But like, you just know, uh, how many of you, any, any Gatlinburg fans? Cause we just got, we just went to Gatlinburg for a little bit. So like, uh, it was after Thanksgiving and I had these like cravings, you know, like, you know, you're craving something. You just can't figure out what it is. Like there's the fudge factory up there. There's all kinds of sugar and just anything you want. Like the, the pancake pantry, you go to get anything you want, eat it all, bubba gump shrimp. It don't matter. But like, I just was craving something. I could not figure out what it was. And, uh, on the last day of our trip, we were up there, and I'm like, man, I, Heather's like, you want some fudge? I'm like, I don't think so. I don't really know what I want. But we come down the mountain, and I'm like, I don't even know. I'm unsatisfied. You know, I just want to see Alabama win. You know, boo. No, I'm just kidding. But we get down the mountain. How many of you know, if you've been there recently, what's at the bottom of the mountain? Krispy Kreme donuts. You know what I'm saying? But, like, this is a newly renovated Krispy Kreme donut. And so when we drove by, I was like, I think that's the one. So we pull in. I walk in, the, red, the hot sign's on, there's people outside the door. I smell the smell, and I'm like, I definitely think this is the one. But then when I bit into the donut, and it, like, melted and got all over my No Shave November beard and everywhere else, like, you know, I was like, this is definitely the one. You say, well, why, you keep talking about this thing, because here's the deal. When we find the one, when we find the thing that, like, we've been searching for, here's the deal. The search is over. The search is over. Like we're satisfied in our heart. We're content. When we find the one, we get to this place where we're like, man, there's no worry. There's no doubt. There's no fear. Like I know this is exactly what I want. This is where I want to be and this is what I want to do. And I just want to say to you this morning, Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one. I want to show this in scripture. Uh, in John chapter 1, we, we see uh, John the Baptist. The Bible tells us that God sent him to prepare the way for Jesus. That would be a great job just to prepare the way for him to come. But John the Baptist says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is good news for us this morning. But I love this part right here. He says, he is the one. Come on, everybody. He is the one that I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. So John the Baptist has got a crowd of people, and he looks and he says, there's the one. He's the one. That's him. Jesus is the one. I love what Jude says because Jude has so much to tell us. It's just one chapter, but there's some good stuff. But he says, to him who is able, somebody needs to know that this morning, whatever you're going through, he's able. That's an amen. Somebody point to me. I'm pointing back, right? He's able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and without great joy. Oh, that's great. Look at this right here. To the only God, our Savior. I would just say this, to the only one. He's the one. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through G Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus is the one. I want to illustrate this in a real circumstantial situation in Scripture because uh, we see this in a place, man, in John chapter 9 where Jesus and the disciples are walking together, and like it helps me to like make the Bible come to life. If anybody else reads it, like you know what I'm, you guys read the Bible, right? But like I like to like be there and like imagine myself in the story. So Jesus is walking with the disciples, and they see this man that's blind, and the disciples actually present this man to Jesus. Just this is for free. Like you just present your friends to Jesus, he'll do all the work. That's just, but anyways, and so they, they like, hey, Jesus, this guy, he's blind. Was this his parents' fault or is this his fault? Like what happened here? And so Jesus takes the opportunity 
uh, and, and just begins to teach them. And I love what the Bible tells us, that Jesus reaches down, grabs some mud, spits in his hand, rubs it together, puts it on this guy's eyes. You're like, I'm glad he don't do that to me. Okay, don't touch me, Jesus. Just let me have you in my heart. But like, this is what happens. And so in this story, Jesus tells the guy, he says, hey, you're going to go to this pool and, uh, and you're going to go to this pool of Siloam and uh, you're, you're going to get your sight. And the Bible tells us he did that. Well, then when he did that, people started talking. And then when people started talking, the Pharisees noticed. And so I want to show you what happens because when the Pharisees come in, things get jacked up. So they started trying to accuse Jesus and they're angry. And like they asked this guy, they're like, hey, who healed you? And I want you to see this because he told them this would be the, the man that now has sight. Amen. That's a miracle in itself. He, he told them the man, the one, Jesus. They, the man they called Jesus made mud, spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed and now I can see. Isn't that good? Like I, I so... Pastor Steve says this all the time that like the words and the places and the numbers, they're in scripture for a reason. This word right here means sent. So Jesus basically does this thing for him and, and says, hey, you got to go. I'm sending you to do something. And when you're obedient to what I'm sending you to do, then I'm going to bless you. I just want to say this this morning. Maybe God is calling somebody, sending somebody to do something. He's calling you to stretch your faith out there. He's, stretch, he's calling you to have no more doubt or fear. And all you got to do is if, you, if he'll send you, he'll call you. If you'll go, your, your breakthrough is waiting on the other side of your obedience. Amen. Like I'm just saying that's who God is. That's how good he is. If you'll just be obedient to what he's calling you to do. He's the one. Somebody say he's the one. So then they bring this guy's parents involved, and the whole thing just kind of unfolds. And they, they, he's, the parents say, listen, he's old enough to answer for himself. And I, I want you guys to just hang with me for a minute because what happens here is he just continues to say, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what else you guys want to hear from me, but he's the one. And like this is what he says. I don't know whether he's a sinner or not, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind, and now I can see. Something happened in me that's unnatural. Something supernatural happened. I can't explain it, but I just know that he's the one. He did it. And then he goes on to say this. Ever since the world began, ever since I've ever been here, and ever since I've ever heard up until this point, he says, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. But if this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. So he's saying if he wasn't the one, this wouldn't have happened. So this is just good news for us. So everybody say it again. He's the one. So, so what if Jesus really was Jesus? What would that mean? What would that look like for our lives? I just think all of us could celebrate this truth today, that he is the one. Not just is he the one, but guess what? We should be one. Amen? We should be one. And as God didn't just save us and make us like him for us just to be saved and be like him, but he called us to be a unified body, to operate together. Even though we are different parts and we have different functions, we are all one. And Jesus made, he pushed this point, and I want to talk about that this morning. I want to just tell you for a minute, this is what the psalmist says. He says, it's good and pleasant for us to live in harmony with one another. How many of you love that? That you could actually live in harmony. Like, imagine a world where your workplace, everybody lived in harmony together. That would be good, wouldn't it? Or, or imagine your school campuses or your ball teams or, or whatever it might be that like, that like everything was in harmony. Everything was good and pleasant, but too often in our world, it's not good and pleasant. Too often in our world, things are jacked up and relationships are jacked up. And Jesus, man, I, I think he just would want us to know if he really was Jesus, yes, he's the one. But you know what? He's calling us to be one. He's calling us to be unified. And I want to show you this in Scripture. He says, I've given them glory that you gave me so that so they may, they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. 
And I love this because this is so good. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know. He wants us to experience unity, but it's not just for us to, come on, you guys got to catch this. It's not just so that we can experience unity. It's not just so that we can have Jesus and all the good, but Jesus is always looking ahead and he says so that the, somebody help me, the world, so the world will know. That's why our unity matters, because it's not, what would happen if Jesus really was Jesus? What would it look like if we believed he was who he said he was and he could do what he said he could do? I think he would look to us and say, do you love one another? Can you have unity with one another? Can you have harmony with one another? Because it matters to be a unified body, right? It's for the world to know. I love this because this is who God is, and he made this very clear to us. Another scripture, he says, love each other just as I've loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another, come on, is proof. Your love for one another, the way you love, the way you serve, the way you live in your world together, the way you worship beside each other, the way you hang out in your connect groups together, the way you go out into the Shoals area and serve together, it is proof to the world that God loves them and God is working in you to, to accomplish his will. One of the things, and I, you know, I, I don't get to always come up here and share, but as a student pastor working with high school students and even young adults, like I would say this, one of the probably most frustrating things for me is that there are a lot of students, there are a lot of high school students that look to our kids and say, hey, you guys may wear the shirts and you may wear the sweatshirts that say Faith Church, but like y'all don't even love each other. So why would I come there? It's something for us to think about. So if Jesus really was Jesus, what would that mean for us? How could things and how should things change? Because there are people watching you. Mom, dad, grandma, granddad, there's people watching you wherever you go. And based on how we love one another is proof to the world of who our God is. And if we truly are disciples. So it, it matters to us. Um, I, I found this quote that Jesus taught about love, but he preached unity. He taught about love. Everywhere Jesus went, man, he was talking about loving your enemy, you know, giving of yourself. Every parable, I, I think, in, the, in the, the meat of it is the root of love. The apostle Paul says, listen, consider yourselves, you know, consider other people better than yourself. Be like Jesus and have the attitude of Christ. Like it's just on and on and on throughout the New Testament. There's scripture of how God loves us, how God loves us. But Jesus, when he preached, I think he preached unity. And you, how many of you know you can preach the loudest sermon by the life you live? That's the loudest sermon you'll ever preach. And Jesus did that. That's why he's our example. And so he did that so that it will prove to the world. He didn't got to prove it to you. He was the one for you. Amen. Now he's working in you so that we can be one together. And when we find the moment where the church loves each other and sets aside our differences and all our drama and all our distractions and disruptions and all the things that the enemy tries to bring in, when we get to that place, that's when God says, now I can move and I can work through that. You listen, I'm not just up here just telling a story just to tell it. Like, I'm telling you, I've been guilty before in my life recently of allowing division and disunity in. I've been the guy before that was like on the front row saying, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. And I've been singing the songs, but in my heart, man, I've got something against my brother. Or I've got something against one of my sisters. Or I'm not, I'm not where I need to be, and I know that. But listen... The way it works is when you sing to God and you sing confidently and when you serve God, here, I want to tell you this, you don't, might not like it, you might not agree with it, but you can't draw close to God and Him not expose your sin. You can't get close to the Lord and be on fire for God and go to the next level in your walk with God and God not expose your disruption with your brother and your sister. And like I'm telling you, I've been there as a pastor in this church where 
I've had some division in my heart. I didn't know if I liked this person. I didn't know if I wanted to work with this person. I didn't know if I wanted to be around this person. I didn't care what anybody else said. I just felt like I was right and they were wrong. And I'm just telling you, that is not God. That's not God because what the word says is my love for that person was proof to you and the world how much I love God and if I'm truly a follower. So what would happen if Jesus was? What would happen if he really was who he said he was? And he really could do what he said he could do. Not only do I think he would call us to, uh, to, to be one, but I think he would call us to not forget the one. Not to forget the one. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? I mean this right here. There's an entire chapter in the Bible. An entire chapter. You guys good? There's an entire chapter in the Bible where Jesus is teaching us this truth. Sure, he loves us. Sure, he cares for us. And yes, we're labeled the 99, but I just want you to know this. Jesus will always, always go after the one. He'll always pursue that one. There's always one more. There's always someone else. And I believe with all my heart that like, if Jesus really was Jesus, he would expect us to do the same thing. He would expect us to not go, yeah, man, Jesus, come into my life, change me, bless my family. I'm going to give. You can bless me and everything I do. And like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Jesus, listen, you can't get close to him and not hear his heartbeat. Please hear me, church. You get close to God, I promise you what you'll hear is Jesus is going to say, you got a brother over there. He's the one. You, he needs me. I'm using you. I'm using you to get to him. The closer you get to God, the more you get into the, the intimacy and the blessings of God, the more you're going to hear God's heartbeat is for the lost and the unchurched. I'm just telling you, that's how he operates. That's who he is. That's what he's always been about. It means nothing for us to come and get all the Jesus we can get if we cross over people that are in need all the time. Amen. Listen, if we're gonna if we're gonna miss people and we're just gonna bypass people and we're just worried about us, like what faith do we have? And that's what this whole thing, this whole series has been about, is having no doubt. It's stretching your faith. What can we do to build up our faith? And I just pray today that something that we talked about, something God's word has said is building up your faith because it's it totally encouraged me. They're like, I don't, I don't just want to know that, I'm, that I serve the one. I don't just want to have a unity in my heart, but like I want to be the guy that God uses to reach the one. I want to be the guy that God uses and moves in my life. And so look, I want to show you this in, in uh, the book of Luke. In the book of Luke, Jesus says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the, help me, for the one, to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? Can I say this to everybody in this room? Jesus goes on to teach two more parables right here, right after that. The parable of the lost coin. A woman loses 10 coins, but she searches night and day to find it. And when she finds the one coin that she's lost, she has 10, but she's lost one. But when she finds the one, she shows it to her friends. She makes everybody aware of it. Then you got the other story, the parable of the, the lost son, the prodigal son. Like Jesus is just unfolding all this truth. But I just want to say to you this morning, you don't have to like me, but everybody in this room, guess what? You have been the one. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget that at some point in time in your life, if you've never received Jesus, that Jesus left a holy huddle of 99 people and he came and he rescued you. Don't ever forget that in the moment, the Bible says when you were utterly helpless and you couldn't help yourself and you couldn't do anything, that Jesus looks down and he says, I want him right now. I want her right now, just like they are. I tell our teenagers, it's like this, that in the worst moment you've ever been in, Jesus chose you then. Whew. 
He chose you then and he said, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave my fold. I love you. I'm thankful for you. You're making a difference. But what could Ryan Mauser do? What could Ryan Mauser do for me? I'm gonna go after him. How could, how could I use him to do ministry? How could I use him to make a difference? Come on, and not just because I'm a pastor, put your name in there. What could God use you to do? How could he use you to make a difference in the world you live in? That's where, the, that's where faith and fear meet together, and that's when we have to ask ourselves, what if Jesus was? How could things be different, and how would we live our lives differently? And so this morning, as we close, I want to ask that question. I want to ask you that question. I want you to ask yourself that question. What if Jesus really was Jesus? How would that change my thoughts right now? How would that change my, my faith, like how I'm acting in my faith? How would things look different in my life? Because I can tell you, for me, things would be different. And we just want to encourage you to walk in confidence and walk in grace and walk in truth. So not only is he the one, not only does he call us to be one, but Jesus says, don't ever forget the one. Amen? I want to pray for us today. If you bow your head and close your eyes. Lord, I thank you. Lord, for the opportunity, God, to share your word this morning. I thank you, God, for every heart and every life that's in this room. God, I ask that you would move in our midst, the Holy Spirit. God, that you would move in people's hearts and change us, God, to make us more like you. Lord, thank you for loving us. As the Bible says, when we were helpless, God, you loved us and you chose us and you picked us and you call us your own. And so, Father, we thank you for that today and we give you praise, Lord, for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Hey, real quick, before we leave, I wanna pray for just some individuals with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, hey, Pastor Ryan, listen, man, I, I came in here today and I thought I was walking with God where I needed to be, but man, after this word and after the worship and just being in God's presence, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I need more confidence. I need more strength. I need more courage in my relationship with God and in my relationship with others. And so if you would, would you just pray for me? Because I need it. I just need some confidence today from the Lord. If that's you, would you lift your hand for me so I can pray for you? Yeah, thank you. Just keep them up just a second. Yep, hands all over. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. You guys can put your hands down. Maybe there's a group of people in here today. You would just say, hey, Pastor Ryan, man, listen, I, I get that the Jesus is the one, that he saved me, and, and he's been the one for me, and I, I get that he will forget the one, but I've been struggling with some division, some division and some disunity in my heart, and I just need to give it to God. I'm tired of carrying it. I just want to have a unified heart and a unified mind, and I just need somebody to join me and pray with me and help me through that. If that's you and you got some division going on, would you just lift your hand? I just want to pray for you. Might not be as many people. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah, okay, hands everywhere. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Yep. Yeah, I just wanna pray for you in Jesus' name. So Father, I come to you. Come on, if you didn't lift your hand, you can pray in faith. Father, we come on behalf of these people that Lord today need a touch from you. Lord, I pray for those that need more confidence in who you are, that God, you really are who you said you are and you really can do what you said you could do. Lord, I pray that you would impart to them today confidence and strength. God, I pray you'd give them boldness and courage in whatever situation, whatever it is, whatever the mountain is, I pray, God, you would speak to it today and you'd move it on their behalf. And Lord, for those that are really working through division, I pray, God, more than anything, you would give them love, God, peace and grace that, Lord, that they would be able to see the way out, that, God, you would give them the exact moment, the exact conversation and divine appointments as we leave this place, Lord, to work out the division in their heart. Father, we thank you most of all today 
Lord, for who you are and that you love us, God, <clears throat> that you love us. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, before you leave, real quick, if you're here this morning and maybe you would say, Pastor Ryan, I'm, I'm here and I've never asked the one Jesus to save me and change me and today I'm ready. Like in my heart, I'm ready to take that next step. And I didn't come here thinking I would do it, but I'm telling you today, I believe God's ready for me to give my life to him. I'm thankful that he's leaving some 99 today and he's coming to rescue me. And if that's you today, we wanna pray for you. So if you would, just with every head up, it's okay to be bold and courageous. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Would you lift your hand? If you just say, hey, I'm, re <clears throat> I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Anybody? Anybody? It's all right. Listen, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray together for those of you that lift your hand, those that maybe haven't. Come on, everybody help me pray this. Say, Jesus, I ask that you come into my heart. I ask that you save me. I ask that you change me. And God, you make me like you. Lord, I commit from this day forward to live for you, to serve you, and God, to honor you. Lord, in everything, I pray I'll have unity and grace in every situation. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we just give God glory this morning? Lots of people, lots of people dealing with some struggles. So, hey, thanks so much for being here today. We love you guys. Hope to see you next week. Have a great rest of the day.